Hello, this is Michael Stone, the host of We Earth Radio, where we have conversations that make a difference. We're committed to bringing you leading edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. In our programs, we look for positive solutions to local and global issues that leave you touched, moved, and inspired to action. Our weekly guests include local and global experts and concerned citizens working together to heal the wounds that separate, alienate, and marginalize people. The topic today is a topic that I'm also been creating a whole new area of work, what I call emotional reparenting. And this is kind of an introduction to it. We're going to have a meditation and reparenting retreat December 4th and 5th. This is just an opportunity to learn more about what I'm talking about with reparenting. Those of you who follow me know I'm very focused on trauma. So I want to define some of the terms and then I really just want to work with you. So emotional reparenting. First of all, from my lens that I see the world, for those of you who don't know, I spent over 30 years in the corporate world as a kind of a corporate shrink, consultant, trainer, working with internal issues, systems issues, leadership development, that kind of thing. And one of the things that became very evident there was that most people, particularly in fast-paced organizations, are relatively disembodied and have little contact to their emotions. And I don't mean that there isn't a lot of emotional turbulence in organizations, but I want to define what I mean by what an emotion is. So in mainstream psychology, emotion is defined as a complex state of feelings that cause physical and psychological changes that influence thought and behavior. The problem with that definition is that it's all coming from the head and about the head and what happens. And in my area, I danced with Gabrielle Roth to learn how to be in my body for 40 years while she was alive. I'm still dancing. A somatic approach, a body approach to therapy, which is my way of looking at therapeutic healing, particularly around trauma and adaptive childhood behavior. A somatic therapist would say that emotion is our bodily responses rather than cognitive interpretations. And that in order to identify emotions that we're having, we really need to go to the body, the cup that holds our experiences. And many people look at feelings and emotions as synonymous, but they are not interchangeable. And I have a simple, very simple definition. It could be called simplistic, but for me, in order to avoid that collapse of feeling in motion, I distinguish feelings as of the mind and emotions of the body. When we can locate the emotion in the body, we're actually in touch in a way that we have access to responding appropriately rather than reacting when they come from the mind. So what has that got to do with trauma? Well, obviously it's got everything to do with trauma because trauma, whether it's a big T 
trauma, which most people say, oh, I never had any trauma. Well, we're swimming in a sea of trauma. So we've all had trauma. We live in a sea of trauma. We have ancestral trauma. We have familial trauma, personal trauma, cultural trauma, and we're basically swimming in it. Trauma is a psychic wound that hardens us psychologically. And then it interferes from the very early on with our ability to grow and develop. So it's a pain that we carry that influences how we meet and see and act in the world. So if we have pain, we're acting out of pain. If we have fear, we're acting out of fear. So they're all trauma responses. And trauma is not what happened to you. It's not the, the big T that I was talking about, that you were in a car accident, you were raped, you were beaten, you were molested, you know, all the horrible things that people go through. You were in the middle of a war zone. That's kind of big T. But little T is more like the basic adaptation to being a mammal. All mammals, the children have to be nurtured and loved and cared for in order to survive. That's the nature of what a mammal is. We're mammals. And many of us, we're not seen, we're not felt, we're not heard, we're not nourished in the way that we needed to be nourished. Those are the little T's, the little traumas. Like I said, it's not what happens to you. It's what happens inside you as a result that happens to you. And that's a really good thing because if it was what happened to you, you'd just be stuck with it. But it's the story that we made out of, up about what happened. And we locked ourselves into the narrative, into the story in such a way that trauma is frozen in our body. It's literally a dissociation, a suppression of our original goodness, a suppression of our capacity to fully feel and be present and to interact with others and with the world in order. It's about being able to relate. So you could say that my teacher, Thomas Hubel, talks about trauma as a frozen past. And I think that's a great description. And so how do you unfreeze that path? Well, we go back to the emotions, to the things that happened, and we learn one way and the way that I teach, we learn to, from our adult self, to recognize those patterns and frozen parts, not to change them, but to acknowledge them because our nervous system is very, very intelligent. And when we have a trauma, either a big T or a little T, our trauma kicks in and it protects us. So these are our childhood friends. These are things that happen to us to save us from being completely overwhelmed by the trauma. When we have an overwhelming experience or emotion or situation that happens to us, our nervous system kicks in hundreds of thousands of years of evolution in our nervous system to protect us. And the ways it protects us is it pushes something down so we don't have to feel the fullness of it at the time, which is a really great thing. Unfortunately, if it doesn't get melted or integrated or digested, however you want to say it, that frozen part continues to shape the way we see and relate and interact with the world and leaves us 
with reactions, so trauma reactions and emotions that are a product of that freezing are like confusion or exhaustion or sadness or anger or anxiety, just little feeling irritated all the time or being numb, dissociated. You know, there's kind of two branches when you've had trauma. There's either the the branch in, in polyvagal theory, they call it the dorsal branch where you, you freeze. You just, you know, are dead. Or the opposite side is the hyper-regulated. So you always have to keep moving so the presence can never be with you because you're always checking out the environment, what happened, you're always responding to the past. So there's a lot of dissociation, confusion. You could be physically aroused or you could just be numb. Bessel van der Kloek, who wrote The Body Keeps the Score, a really brilliant book if you get a chance to read it, talks about trauma as an event that overwhelms the central nervous system, altering the way we process and recall memories. It's always a story of something that happened back then, but the imprint is the pain and horror and fear that we carry inside of us that is really, it becomes the the window that we see life from or through. We often have difficulty identifying, expressing, and managing our emotions as a result of trauma. So that's why I put the trauma and emotions are very much related in that sense. And they limit us in being able to distinguish our feeling states. So part of the process of reparenting is about rehabilitating our ability to feel those things that have been pushed down. So from the work that I was doing with people and seeing about how the adult self could go back and nurture the child self, the younger self that was traumatized, I named it emotional reparenting. What emotional reparenting that I'm talking about is the process of creating, first of all, a safe environment so that we can revisit these earlier challenging, traumatic, or overwhelming experiences where our nervous system, in its ancient wisdom, has suppressed a part of our essence in order to protect us from the harm of threatening experiences. But in trauma, of course, we often see threatening experiences, threatening situations where there aren't any. So the practice is to work with our adult self to go back and to give our younger self the love, the nurturing, the acceptance that was not available when it was needed. Any questions about anything I said? Just wanted to get through kind of the theory part of it so we can, can get to work here. Any comments, any questions, anything that you'd like to say as we go on? So we're going to start now, you know, doing work. That's how I teach is that we work. So if you have uh, an issue that you were here, here's how, how to discover your traumas. When you have a, what you would call a difficult situation, uh, particularly if it's one that happens over and over and over and over. Like I'm in a, in a marriage and I have the same argument every week. The same issue come up every time. That's a trauma symptom, you know. 
So if you have something that's overwhelmingly challenging, maybe it's like you can't organize things. You know, everything is kind of chaotic around you. You have trouble focusing. Let me tell you the five symptoms that I just recently was doing a meditation and they just kind of dropped on me. I'll talk about them and then then we'll do some work. So common symptoms of trauma. The first one is always separation. It is the initiation of a subject-object relationship to the world. So if you're feeling separate, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling I don't belong, that's likely a trauma symptom. And of course, the antidote of that would be, how do I reconnect then to the world, to myself, to my body, to each other, to my family? Another common trauma symptom is scarcity, is a sense of lack, that there's never enough. I need to get more. I need to get this. I, I have to have this. Then when I have that education, that money, that house, that car, that man, that woman, whatever it is, then it'll be okay. So I'm never fully in the present. I'm always this sense of not enoughness. The antidote that I find for scarcity is gratitude, having a sense of gratitude. The third trauma symptom that I see in the work that I do with people is the relationship to time. First of all, we have this relationship to time as a linear stretch. And that's one idea of time is that there's a past, there's a present, and there's a future. But the Greeks had a wonderful name for another kind of time called chronos. Chronos is time-space, what physicists would call time-space, that they're, that everything is happening in the moment. And the future is in present. And Otto Scharmer's work, if you're into theory U, is that it's only in the present can the emergent future be here, only when we're present. So part of the antidote for that, and this is particularly true for people who are hyper-regulated, is that slowing down. This is my issue, slowing down. I'm always, you know, having to remind myself, slow down, take a breath, be here. Fourth symptom that I see in trauma is that we need a, an intense need to be in control, sometimes at all cost. I have to be in control. And the antidote for that is embracing uncertainty, really allowing ourselves to move into a place of uncertainty and feel that tension between being in control and embracing uncertainty. And then the fifth one, these are just the five basic ones that I see all the time when I work with people, is absencing. And of course, that's another way to say absencing is othering. So those are kind of, they go together for me, that sense of separation, the out there, but just, just numbing ourselves. And of course, the antidote for that absencing or othering is, is presencing. Okay. Lots of information. Now let's, let's uh, see how that lands in terms of what does that mean in my life? So we'd like to do some work today. My name is Destin. Well, everything you just said resonates so strongly. I am, I have been under, uh, spiritual well, I've been doing my spiritual awakening for the last four years, but right now the 
trauma is just coming up so intensely that it's just, I mean, overwhelming. Today I had a panic attack and I didn't even know what was happening to me. It was just like, oh my God, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? And I'm going to say that it's probably because of everything you just said has turned on the light within me. You know, um, there is so much trauma and it's actually in the past. It's a past life trauma. And I need, I'm not sure how to deal with it right now. Um, because, you know, being a past life, you really don't know what, what actually happened. You just know that there's something there that's so intense that it's hard to move forward. So let's just take a breath together. Okay? Can we just take a breath together? And just feel yourself in coming into your body, Destiny. And that's the thing. I'm ha I have a hard time coming into my body. Mm -hmm. And there's like interference that's messing with me. And I've actually been drugged to other dimensions. Okay. Um, okay, so for, like... But for this work right now, we need to let go of past lives. And we okay. need to let go of other dimensions that may well be true but we're here in this dimension right now so we need to get present in our body so let's just and everybody just breathe with destin and we're just going to hold you in the safety of this space destin okay and so what's happening in your body right now be be precise about what's happening there's a lot of things in my body that do not feel me they're not mine. Okay. Not mine. Okay, well, let's see if we can describe the things that are actually happening in your body, first of all. So... It's numb. There's a okay. lot of numb. Yeah, where, where is it numb? Actually, my feet feel numb. Mm -hmm. And my hips feel locked up. Okay, good. Very good. Very good. For those of you who have experience of numbness. Numbness is not nothing. We often think numbness is nothing. Numbness is a place where we hold energy. So just notice that you feel numb in your hips and your feet. And what else is going on in your body, Destin? You keep to breathe. Yeah, right, I know, I can feel that. Keep breathing. It's hard. Like literally, like there's so much like panic and terror. Yeah. I feel like there's panic and terror in my body. It's hard to breathe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to locate it in order to digest it. So we'll just, we'll just feel into it. So feel the, the constriction that's right now in your chest and in your throat. There's a lot of, you know, the destin in me is feeling the tightness there. Do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. So just give that some breath. Just allow it to be there. Now, can you be more precise and describe, and you don't have to, but can you be more precise about what's happening in your chest right now? Is there movement or is it just tense and really tight? You can feel that part of it, but can you feel any movement around it? It feels heavy. It yeah. Feels... Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's trying to loosen up. I mean, you're just, you're talking to me as loosening it up, but yeah. it just feels almost like something sitting on my chest. 
Destin, stay stay with me if you can. Stay with being with me and breathe, okay? Because I'm feeling what's happening in your body right now. I want you to just stay with me and notice the tendency to want to look away and just come back and be with me. And let's breathe. Let's just breathe together. So one of the ways to downregulate intense emotions, intense sensations, is to have somebody to be with you, to connect with you. So we're just, we're just, you know, going to do what we can do here to connect. Now, in any kind of dissociation, any kind of suppressed experience, any kind of soul loss, whatever you want to call it, there's a time signature and there are experiences. So this tension in your chest and your throat is not something new, is it? No. no, no. Now, what's the earliest memory? Thank you for staying with me. Keep breathing. That's good. You're doing great. So, what's the earliest memory that you have of of feeling this overwhelming tension and kind of panic that you have? I'm going to say it was a baby. Okay. All right. Doesn't have to be an incident, but if there is one, let's look at that. So, how old a baby? Very young, very... Very young, like not able to talk. Okay, yeah, so pre-verbal. So we can only work with the energy right now with that. So, are, are, are you willing to go back and, and see that baby? Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's just... now. You have an adult self. You know, you've managed to... How old are you? I'm 48. You've managed to make it through 48 years. So something in you is really protecting you in spite of the terror of whatever that experience was back then. So you do have an adult sense. You have a you have a um, an ability to operate in the world, right? So we want to look back there from a, an adult perspective and to meet that younger Destin, that, that younger self. So can you just continue to feel what's in your body, but go back in your imagination and see if you can see, get a sense of little baby Destin. And just go in your mind's eye and see if you can see that sweet little baby yeah. 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 So, I, I, I want you to tell her, uh, close your eyes for a moment, and let's, we'll go back there for a second, okay? And I want you to just say hello. Say hello. Hello, baby Destin. Hello, baby Destin. Yeah. Beautiful. How are you? Yeah. And what I she love say you. That? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And can you feel her feeling you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, do you have any children, Destin? I do. Yeah. So I want you to pick up that baby, Destin, and I want you to hold her next to your heart right now. <laughs> do that with us? Yeah. So just imagine that you're holding 
her next to your heart. Can you feel her heart beat against yours? Yeah. Isn't that how sweet that is? Hmm. I just now, want her to feel safe. Yeah, I, I want, want her to, to feel safe. Tell, tell her that. She made it 48 years. Tell her that I want you to feel safe and I love you very much. Tell her what you would tell uh, an infant that was crying. What would you say? What would you do? Would you sing or would you, you know, whisper yeah. to her and tell her how much she's loved and how much you love her? Yeah, I would hum to her and yeah, let her know it's going to be okay and caress her. Yeah, well, let's do that right now. You can do that. Yeah. Caress her and... Tell her it's gonna be okay and she's safe and I'm here. Yeah. I'm here for her. I'm here. Mm. Yeah, and feel that in your body that you're there for her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And tell her that it's okay to be scared because she's really scared. I can feel that. Yeah. And tell her that it's okay. Tell her you, you still get scared and it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be scared and just knowing that you're safe. You are safe and it's okay to feel scared, but there's no reason for it. Yeah. There's no reason for it. <laughs> breathe into that. Breathe into that. Keep, keep, keep holding her and breathe into it. Yeah, well, good. You feel that energy just go down there? Did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what down-regulating is, sweetheart. That's, that's, you know, we can only do so much right now, you know, with, with this kind of energy. But this is what we need to do in reparenting. We need to go back with our adult self. Now, as you get better and better at this, you'll be able to have a deeper and deeper relationship with that younger self. You'll also be able to understand how that happened in your uh, caregivers and your ancestors. All of that is available to do healing, but you just have to start with touching in, being in your body, and let the story go about whether it's, you know, uh, past lives or whatever those are, just deal with what you actually can feel in your body and, the, and the, the emotions that you feel. So what emotion are you feeling right now? Uncertainty. Yeah, great. Fabulous. That's, that's definitely a step up. You're not trying to manage it if you're feeling uncertainty. One of the ways we get into trouble is we want to have control and we want to have certainty, which is pretty crazy in the most uncertain times we've probably ever been in. <laughs> you know, we really need to learn to live with uncertainty. And out of uncertainty can come the kind of digestion and integration that you get from taking care of that little, little self. Now, trauma work is not quick. In fact, trauma work is about slowing down. So you're, you're going to have to just do practices. I hope you'll join the, the weekend that we have coming up or, you know, one of the groups that we have. 
when the trauma is at the level that you have it, you're not going to to ever be able to completely do it alone. Perhaps, you know, I mean, there are awakenings, but they're far and few between. I've been but, trying it for a long time. I've been yeah. I've trying to do it alone for a long time. And I know, you know, I prayed. I actually prayed for help. I prayed. I said, like, send me someone who can help me do this to my ancestors because I don't know what to do anymore. I can't do this alone and I need help. Well, you've got a, we've got a, you've got a whole bunch of people here that are holding you right now. Can you feel that? Can you I let do. that in? Yeah. So you you really want to get yourself into a group, a supportive and safe, especially safe group where you feel safe. Yeah. So thank you so much for your vulnerability and your willingness to look at that unknown, because that's really important. That uncertainty, you know, is something that we have to learn to embrace in order to grow. Thank you so, so much, Michael. Yeah, Jess. You've been a blessing to me this morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I hope you'll continue to keep doing the work. You're okay, you know. And, and when you're challenged, just go back to the body and feel it. I know it's hard to feel these feelings. It can be really hard. But, you know, you have to feel them in order to digest them in order to integrate. Trauma has to be integrated and digested. And it's not a doing, it's a, it's a releasing. It's, it's taking the tension like that and it's releasing tension. See, it doesn't look like I'm even doing anything, does it? I'm just tense and I'm releasing like that. So there's nothing to fix, there's nothing to broken. You have an amazing nervous system that's been developing over hundreds of thousands of years that protected you at a time of trauma and you just, it, you need to create some inner space in order to allow it to integrate and heal. And healing just means I've brought awareness to that and I've embraced that, okay? You're gonna be, you're gonna be doing a course Yes, the 4th and the 5th from 9 a.m. to 3, I think, Pacific time. And it's going to be a combination of meditating and doing this kind of work in and out. I know a lot of people resist meditation. And one of the people reasons people do resist meditation is because it brings up these traumas. Because you make space when you meditate. And when you make space, then the nervous system says, oh, I can let a little of this up. And then we can see it and bring awareness to it. And that's what integrates it. It's not a big doing. It's about awareness. And the awareness is the healer. So just try to let go of any of the stories that you have about why or what it is or what caused it. And just be with your emotions and be present in your body. Thank okay? you. Yes. Thank you. Much love to you, Destin. Thank you. Thank you for the courage to go first. It's wonderful. Ah, so everybody take a deep breath. I know this work can be very reactivating sometimes. So just notice if something got activated in you from Destin's work. And if you want to do 
some work or you have a question about what we just did, I just that's a sample of what I call emotional reparenting. So who else? Uh, there's some people out there I know that want to go. You didn't know I was going to make you work, huh? Rilke had a wonderful term for actually the work kind of work I do. He called it in-seeing, the ability to see what's happening inside. The something's bad is a very common trauma reaction or response. Something bad is happening in the world, in me, in life. That's like I say, if you're having difficulties, the difficulty is the issue. It's not, I, life would be better if I got, if I got rid of the difficulties. When we have a trauma symptom, we also have a story that evolves out of that trauma symptom. The story of I, like I'm a person to whom people damage my stuff or put me out of a group. So in other words, somewhere early on, I decided without knowing a little more and feeling into your body and, and what's happening, I can't say a lot, but we adapt to these situations. So our nervous system protects us. It freezes apart and it, and that frozen part in order to be active and make our way in society, we have an adaptation, which becomes our personality actually. When we have make these decisions, I'm this kind of person. I'm a person who's not welcome. I'm a person who's not, let's say, not loved. A lot of us have that. I don't, I didn't feel loved. I don't feel love. I don't feel wanted. Uh, unwanted child. We have adaptations to cover up the story that we made up about the trauma that happened. And so we create a clearing for those things to happen because we have a belief system that actually calls that to us. So if I think I'm unlovable, I'm going to create relationships and circumstances. I'm going to create a, a field that only those things will actually be penetrating because I'll recognize, oh yes, I belong here because I don't belong. I belong here because people hurt me. I, I, this is this is what happens in relationships that are violent relationships, abusive relationships, you know, and why it's so hard for people to to come out because they literally have a belief that they deserve that. They don't deserve anything more. So in order to heal that, we have to go back and reparent the original trauma and the, the child, the young person. And by the way, trauma at two like Destin was talking about, is very different than trauma at 5 or 10 or 15. Anger or fear at those different levels are all different, and they take a different kind of response. A lot of the responses that I work with with people are the early childhood adaptation phase, but also sometimes ancestral, as well as sometimes, you know, I was 18 and I got raped. And, and the impact that that had. So those are all different issues. Okay, so let me see. Here's an example. Born in a war zone. Aha. Okay, very good. Where were you born, Maureen? 
This is this is very useful. You're in Indonesia. Aha. Okay. And yeah, war is a trauma on everyone. It's not only a, a trauma on everyone, it's part of the collective trauma of humanity. Many people, like, uh, you know, I was living in Germany once removed from World War II. In other words, there was one generation and then the next generation, and I was able to observe, you know, that generation. And much of the trauma from the war shows up. And of course, yes, Holland was one of those places that many people had to, to flee from the Netherlands, the occupation. And I've lived in, in the Netherlands a lot of my life, off and on. When I was first living there in the 60s, there was so much anger and hatred towards the German. People who spoke fluent German wouldn't even speak the language let alone mostly not go into Germany. We have to recognize that there's not just my personal trauma. Trauma is not a personal thing. You live in an apartment that's your trauma, in an apartment building that's traumatized, and you are dealing with yours, but there's the ancestral trauma, there's the familial trauma, there's the intercultural trauma. Like I said, we swim in a sea of it. When you've been in a war zone, yeah, that's part of it. But how do you deal with it? You have to deal with your personal part of it. The fears that were in you. I come from a background of trauma. That's why I do this. And I consider that to be more my credentials than anything else. I came with parents that were at Pearl Harbor, both in the military. My mother was a women's air force. My father was a fighter pilot. Recently, I was doing work and I actually was able to go back and heal some of the wounding in my mother's fear and what happened in that time. So you can work with your ancestral trauma, but it always starts with working with our own individual variation of it, how it takes on. So yeah, I hope that's enough, Maureen. Uh, there's so much more. I, I'm really feeling the intensity of the pain that you're carrying. I highly recommend getting in a group to discuss the trauma, the early trauma, the war trauma. And there are groups. They're not having one now, but the Pocket Project is a good resource. I did a six-month period for children and people who were impacted by war in that group and it was very powerful to hear other people's stories and how they were affected or their families were affected by war so uh, there are many resources out there and i'm available to work individually as well as collectively so if you can be part of the course coming up uh, early december this kind of trauma you're not going to heal your alone well I personally always say that you're not going to heal your mind with your mind. And given that we think that we are our identity and our identity's one purpose is only one purpose of our narrative, of our story, of our identity. What do you think that is? The purpose is its own survival. Then your story will do anything to survive because that's what's threatened. And that's what those 
things that were a threat to your story that formed your identity need to be integrated, need to be loved. So there's trauma awareness, trauma integration, and then uh, post-traumatic healing. And they're all available. But it is not a quick thing. Uh, the, the beauty of doing this kind of work, though, I'll say, that's very, I think it's very important, is that when you do your trauma work, you bring healing into the collective field. You know, if you think yourself not worthy of doing your own work, do your own work for, for, the, for the world. You know, do your healing, because your healing makes a difference in your family and in your community and in, you know, in life itself. Peg, Peg has her hand raised. Hi, good. Hi, Peg. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Let me say just one thing. I see that Maureen wrote something, and that's why I keep doing it. And I've seen a lot of people. So, um, yeah, my only thought is please work with somatic therapists. Stay away from the cognitive behavioral therapy type work for the kind of work you do you have to have body oriented work another thing i recommend is dancing you can find a five rhythms ecstatic dance place that you can dance or online you know dance your heart open okay peg it's good to see you good to see you michael um so let me begin by saying i've taken michael's mystic class and the advanced mystics and i think that has opened up my body my awareness to these levels uh in my own family history my own ancestry that like i feel it's it's it, the shit is falling down the mountain into me you know what what those experiences were um live in me. So it's not only how I am in this present lifetime, but particularly my grandmother, who was kidnapped and made a slave in Hungary. And the trauma that she experienced, certainly my mother inherited. My grandmother was abused, my mother was abused, and that fell down into my body, into my being. So as those frozen parts of me personally can be brought into my own heart, there are these pieces that of, of my matrilineal line that I, I think as a child, I, I said to myself, I want to make it better for you. Let me love you. Let me reach out to you because both these women in my life didn't feel loved. Uh, so one of the things that I'm, I have been doing for the last many years is doing a memoir. And just recently my grandmother came and she smacked me in the head and she said, tell my story. That's the way to exorcise it out of your body. But it needs to, it, it needs to be expressed. So it's like, okay, even they've passed on into spirit world and they're still, uh, digesting 
these pieces of their life. And, and I find myself full of that, full of digesting not only my own stuff, but their stuff. Uh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So accurate, too, that, you know, we, we've lost in the Western culture the deep reverence for where we came from and what we carry with us, both the resiliency and the trauma and the difficulties. And I love what you're saying, Peg, because it, it is, like I said, I've been doing some deep ancestral work. Uh, another area, you know, that I find very useful in that is family, uh, family systems work, where you get a sense of your relatedness to your ancestors. Bert Hellinger's work, I know quite a few good uh, family systems therapists around that can do that. Was there, there anything else that you wanted? Any, any uh, support or question? I just miss, I miss you being in the groups. You bring so much. Um, Peg is also a minister and very active in the world and an enormous, ginormous heart. No, I just, I, I wanted to express that because I think like, uh, Dustin, it is the, the leftovers from past, past lives, what we interpret in our mind as past lives, because we can't get a hold of it. It feels like it's alive, but we can't find it. It lives in Shadowland. So the ancestry lives in Shadowland, but I feel it in myself, literally. I feel it in my legs. So I found that the writing has been really very freeing. I, I just wanted to name it. It feels powerful to name it. Yeah. Yeah, especially just free writing, taking an issue or a question and just allowing the pen to move in your hand and write it. It's and I love what you're uh, mentioning to Destin. A lot of, there's a lot of new age hanky-panky, I call it, <laughs> or spiritual bypass. And we grasp on to ideas in our mind that uh, bring some temporary relief or comfort, but it's not an experience in our, in our emotions and in our body. Looking at past lives or ancestral work without actually connecting physically with that can be a real spiritual bypass and actually keep you stuck in the trauma rather than release the trauma. Cultivating not knowing is really important in doing this and presence, cultivating presence. Those of you who work with me know that I have a particular model of presencing, witnessing, and embracing, which of course takes six months and six weeks to actually <laughs> get, a, get a real read on what that means. But that's the basic model that I work from when I work with people. So, Peg, thank you so much. It's really good to be with you. I want to just take a, a moment to, to say a little bit about the Emotional Reparenting and Meditation Retreat. People have a lot of strange notions about what 
meditation is and what it isn't. Many people think that going to a meditation retreat is going to somehow make them calmer and relax, more relaxed, and that's that's a possibility. But the deeper work of meditation is to create inner space so that the nervous system is able to release the holding, the tension of all those frozen personal, ancestral, and cultural and familial parts that we have dissociated, that we have pushed down. And so on the 4th and 5th of December, from 9 to 3, I know it's late for Europeans, but hope that some of you will will join us. You know, we're going to do this work. We're going to create a safe container for that. We'll be looking at the both the scientific and the mystical traditions of healing individual cultural and ancestral wounding with guided meditation, with inner awareness practices. And of course, that will calm the mind and increase emotional well-being and also release tension. But it will also bring up things that need to be felt and seen and experienced for our own evolution. And we'll be working with emotional release techniques as well as meditation. The intention of this is to shift our focus from pushing away stress, anxiety, and overwhelm to recognizing them as signposts, as messages, as opportunities for personal and professional growth. And that we do that with the reparenting of the early attachment wounding and allowing our our adult selves to connect with our younger selves. And I'll be coaching you in how to do that and working with you in how to use our challenges and our difficulties and triggers as portals for awakening awareness, vitality, resilience. So, you know, I really hope that you you will join us. We've got a couple minutes. I could do a, a, a little uh, meditation to end. If you Would you like that? Yeah? Yes? Okay. Okay, good. I meant to do one earlier, but I, I don't have a script when I do these usually. So just a few points that I'd like to make. So let's just take a moment to feel our feet on the floor and straighten our spine and notice our breath and our weight. Notice that we're in a body. And that body is alive and has movement, which is a good thing. And there are also parts that might be numb or frozen or painful or just absent. So we'll just take a moment to feel our feet on the floor and feel into the inner body a bit. And if you Extend the outer, the out breath a little bit. It helps you to go deeper into the body. So just taking a few breaths together. And just scan through the body. Legs, torso arms, back, chest, face. You just feel kind of a relaxing wave 
coming down over the top of your head and just kind of cleansing ourselves, bathing ourselves in presence. And just noticing whatever you're aware of. And then bring in any emotions that you might be feeling. See if you can locate the emotions in the body. Fear, sadness, grief, joy, anger, shame, guilt, joy, compassion. Maybe there's several emotions, maybe you don't feel any all perfect. Whatever you're feeling in the moment is exactly what you should be feeling. You'll notice the state of your mind. Just relaxing into the stillness through just observing. And you're aware. Notice how related you feel to your own body, to your environment around you, your inner body, to your family and friends, relationships, in the sense of being related to the world outside your house or apartment out into nature, feeling the changing of the seasons, and just allow yourself to come into a state of presence. Let's take a moment to look and see what it, what is it that you long for? Just get a sense of the longing. Longing for love, longing for peace, longing for apartment, to feel love. And just you get a sense of that deep longing that's there. It's probably always been there. Allow yourself to look and see what are the barriers to you living your longing, your experiencing the fulfillment of your longing. Whatever those barriers are, they're not in the way. They are the way for your own evolution, evolution into what you were born to be here. What your soul's blueprint is holding for you when you open to it. So whatever the barriers are to the longing, are the doorway to your belonging. 
Let's just take a couple of breaths together. I hope you'll join us for other events. We're starting a new advanced course, which you would need to apply for. You have to have a meditation practice already. For the weekend, or other courses that we might be doing. And I offer free events every month. So we can just get together and have a chat. Hopefully, there's something you're taking away today that is useful that you can put into practice that can help you to integrate your part of the global trauma that you live in inside of. So a couple more breaths just to come back. Thank you so much. So lovely to be with you. I appreciate your presence, your time. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for your partnership in creating a world that works for all life. And I send my love and gratitude to you. We Earth Radio is an independently produced program supported by listeners like you. We are committed to bringing you leading-edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or listen to any of our past shows, go to our website, welloflight.com. Thank you so much for your commitment to a world that works for all life.